G'day community, Dog here, introducing, I won't do this every week, but I'll do it for the first one, introducing this new podcast, uh, as you'll see from the title, I talked to Paige Cardona of Supercoach Page fame, and now Fox Footy's, well, head of Supercoach, really, in terms of content, that's for AFL, NRL, racing, you name it, BBL, she does it, fantastic to talk to her about how she started, how she got into the me- into the media industry, the trials and tribulations, and just why why she does what she does and what it's cost her and what she's gained from it. Um, it's a great chat. I hate it when podcasts do these sort of intros, but it's the first one, so I thought I'd put it together for you, let you know what you're in for. I'm going to be talking to community members from AFL Fantasy, Supercoach, Daily Fantasy. We've got heaps and heaps of guests lined up which I'm super excited about. I'm super excited to bring to you while we don't have any football. And before we get into it, I just thought I'd shout out the Jock Reynolds Evolution League. If you haven't heard of it or you haven't played, jump on jockreynolds.com.au. We're running our own fantasy game on Thursdays. We'll release two team lists for a stream on Friday. On Friday, we will be streaming those two games, simulated games on AFL Evolution and commentating over the top. The stats from those games will get collated and scores will be applied to players. It's just like Supercoach or AFL Fantasy. You pick a team from the salary cap from all four games on the day or all two games on the day, all four teams. Um, And the winner of the overall round and league by the end we're hoping to get some prizes put together for so the next couple of weeks are going to continue to be tweaking and trialing new things for the new game to launch Uh, i think it's on the 16th the new game launches so that's when it'll all kick off again and we'll really have honed in the skill but it's super fun so it's free to play jump in sign up you jump into the doc into the uh, article on the website there'll be a link to where you can put in your team selections within the salary cap. You can pick a team from any of the games playing on the day. So you can there'll be four teams. Put a team together from those four teams. Um, it's a lot of fun. We're having an absolute ball. We've had over 150 people playing already. And yeah, so jump in. We love to see you while footy's off. Anyway, that's enough from me. Let's go to my chat with Paige, which I did uh, just before, earlier today. Um... I hope you enjoyed. I had an absolute ball talking to Paige. Paige Cardona, welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Alexi, thank you for having me. Well, well, well. I think that's the first time you've called me Alexi. It's normally Lek Dog or Bay. It is. It's very true. I thought I'd be formal, but it's not really working out for me. So <laughs> we'll just revert back to old times. Yeah, let's just keep it keep it how we know. Let's keep it comfortable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but maybe not as not comfortable as normal. Other people do have to listen to this. This that's that's very true. So Paige Cardona, for people who don't know you, you're effectively the head honcho or part of the team that does all the Fox Footy fantasy content. Uh, Tell us about that. Tell us about what you do. What do you do? How do you describe it? Probably better than how I just did. <laughs> I um, I basically head up Supercoach content um, for all four Supercoach sports, so that being AFL, NRL, BBL and racing um, for the entirety of the Fox Sports and Fox Footy um, product line. So 
it's a pretty big gig. Um, there, it's you know, with four sports to write about, there's always something happening in um, in the fantasy world. So obviously, listeners of this show would be very familiar with me, I guess, from an AFL perspective. Um, and then pushing into sort of you know BBL and racing, which has come into a bit more of the mainstream. But um, certainly, no one would know me for my uh, NRL writing. That's for sure. <laughs> It's okay. No one listening is an NRL fan. Unfortunately, we've done tests. <laughs> we've, we've tested this cohort. Yeah, we, we we used to have great NRL content on the site, but uh, just yeah, we're an AFL website. Um, but Paige, that's it's look, the best sport. It is. It's it is the best sport, and I guess that's why we're all interested in it and why we're talking about talking about it today. Um, so Fox Footy, that's a huge gig, and you've you've been there. How long have you been there now? I'll be coming up to about two years now, so it's time is absolutely flying. Well, time does fly because I remember when you got that. That was a it was a huge deal, and congratulations again, by the way. I know it's been two years, but congrats. <laughs> Thank you, Leigh. It was it was um yeah it was it was a big deal. Um, at the time, I'd sort of um thought that perhaps working in the football industry had kind of passed me by, and um to come up in the way that it did and um, was quite out of the blue and, you know, it's been a, a godsend since and I'm pretty pretty fortunate to say that, you know, I, I live and breathe my, my dream job and in an industry that I love in, in a league that I absolutely adore. So I'm pretty fortunate. So, well, let's talk about how that did come up because you've had a pretty – wide range of opportunities in sport uh you're in horse racing was that your the last job heading into fox footy yeah so i was at um i was at racing victoria and, and country racing victoria um collectively for about five years and um yeah it was super enjoyable um get i started off with country racing victoria which was um my first digital gig um before then, I'd been a mechanic for six years. Um, probably a lot of people don't know that, but um, I was, you know, a tradie and then I, you know, sort of through my sort of football connections and, and what I was doing um, with my site, I landed my first digital gig, which was a real junior kind of shit show, to be honest. Um, but it was so cool just to get an opportunity to, to go straight from not being – um, a university student to getting a, a digital gig um, in horse racing and then basically falling in love with that sport as a result and um, working my way up to being the um, the senior lead in um, in racing at, at Victoria uh, racing Victoria sorry was um, it was great to, to go from being a junior all the way to the top of the tree in digital was was great that experience at, in horse racing and we're gonna go we're about to touch on where I know you first from, uh, way back when uh, in Supercoach Page Days, and now you're in a role that bloody is both fantasy footy and covers racing and covers your favourite sports, AFL, and it, you've just absolutely nailed it, mate. Yeah, it, look, I, I honestly, um, it's it's kind of been a bit of a whirlwind to, um, to, to think, you know, where I was and where I am now, um, it's it's a, it's the biggest 180 flip I could ever think of, and um, I think all of us are sort of you know, every, I mean anyone that's probably listening to this is a you know is a lover of a fantasy sport and, and AFL in general, and you know for me definitely I consider myself to be 
you know, super fortunate and very lucky, um, even though a lot of that has come off the back of, you know, probably a solid seven to 10 years worth of, you know, constant hard work. And um, But even then during that period, there were times where I honestly thought that it, it had completely passed me by and the, the dream of working, um, you know, within AFL football was kind of just a pipe dream. Um, and, you know, there were the times that kind of really got me down because it was like, God, I've, I've done all this work and I've worked so hard and I've done absolutely everything I can across radio, across podcasts, as a journalist, um, you know, running a business, doing this, doing that. Um, every opportunity that I took was unpaid. It was voluntary. It was just to get constant, you know, foot in the door ensure people had a good perception of me and, and knew, you know, I knew if I could get myself in front of the right people um, and, and showcase my, my knowledge, my passion for the game, but then also that personal side of it too, where, you know, you're working in cohesive small teams, group environments, um, you know, for, you know, one bigger cause, then I'd be okay. But, um, you know, until you get that opportunity, it's, you just kind of feel like a bit of a brick on, in the wall. So you just like everybody else trying to get a, a a dream gig within Fox Footy or the AFL scene. Um, but, yeah, it's been one hell of a ride. And, um, you know, it, right now it only feels like it's starting to warm up. Well, you, you mentioned um, luck there, being lucky but being on the back of hard work. And I always find that the luckiest people are the people that work the hardest. Uh, and we have a lot of aspiring media people and students who listen to the podcast or visit the website, and they're always asking for advice and you've nailed it in your description just there it's you do the unpaid gigs you work hard you get in front of as many faces as possible and then uh, one day your name gets pulled out of the hat and you you get an opportunity so I think that's a really great lesson for anyone who's any of the younger people or even not the younger people even the more experienced people out there who are looking to to get into a media role you've just got to put your name out there and get in front of it and not always expect to be paid straight away and Sometimes it does work out for those who work hard. It, it's, you know what, like you're spot on because it, it's, I, um, you know, in particular, it's, it's probably a good thing to preface as well that um, when I got the gig at, at Fox Footy, um, I was 29 turning 30. Um, I wasn't a young buck that had just come out of, out of uni um, or that was in my mid twenties and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's probably one of those false pretenses that you sort of think, you know, um, it's, it's something that can only be achieved when, you know, you're in your early to mid twenties. And I think that's probably the myth that I, in my head, I, I had, and I understood was that, okay, great. I've, I'm now 27, 28, 29, shit it's past me and you almost tend to think like a footballer in that okay my best years of football are behind me and you just go oh my god I'm getting closer to 30 like you know well lucky for us uh we don't have to run around for two hours a week we <laughs> could just sit there and write some articles exactly um but you know it was you know for, for those listening it, it was um it it was something that came up um, you know, it was only about four months before I turned 30 that um, I started working with Fox Sports and, and Fox Footy. And um, so it, it was a long while. And, 
probably when you when you factor in that I started up Super Coach Page in, geez, I think that would have been 2011. Um, it's a long, you know, it's a long time to be, you know, to be doing that in, and holding a full-time job. And you know, you know what that looks like because you do that with, with Jock Reynolds and, you know, you do that with your job at racing.com and, you know, with all that combined, you, you're almost trying to live, you know, two different full-time gigs. Well, yeah, I want to touch on that now. There's actually two parts that I want to touch on. We'll touch on the first part. Let's talk about Supercoach Page because there might be people out there who don't actually know what Supercoach Page was and is. Um, how did it start? Why did it start? And and what was your involvement? Obviously, it was named after you. <laughs> oh, geez. It, you know what? It's funny because um, sometimes like, I still get pulled out in the middle of the street or in meetings with different people or, um, you know, girlfriends and stuff of mine that are, you know, seeing guys and they're like, oh, you know, Supercoach Page, prove it. Like, and they'll be like, Quick, can you quickly FaceTime me so this guy I'm seeing can, like, knows I'm legit. And he's just like, okay, whatever. Um, Amazing. It kind of all, it, it, it became something, it was almost like um, a fairy tale, like, you know, that, this sounds a bit like a head wobble and it's not intended, but it kind of went from being nothing to like instant overnight. And um, it all started off with, um, so probably I reckon it goes back to about 2009, 2010 when Supercoach was really in its infancy still. Um, And I was on different forums because, you know, we're all, we're all Supercoach nerds. We love to talk about Supercoach. We love to, communicate and engage others about it and um it was pretty easy for people to know who I was because I was the only girl talking about (laughs) it Um, and so everyone knew me as oh that girl page that like super coach um and you know eventually um you know you're talking on these online forums and then you know this is at a time Jesus I feel like this might be really old for some people or nostalgic for others but um when Facebook started to become really popular and, um, you know, you've got Facebook groups that just started and all of a sudden, you know, we'd all be flocking in there to have chats all the time and then Messenger became really popular um, off the back of that. And um, there was this group of about 10 or 12 guys um, and we chatted night and day about it, same way, you know, all of us do. And... um, they just said to me one day, they said, look, you know, you've got some really cool opinions and great things to say and um, have you ever thought about making your own website and writing your own stories? And I was like, well, no, um, I haven't. So um, basically, uh, you know, made a website. Um, I had a friend that dabbled in a bit of graphic design that came up with a logo for it um, and you know, it was like, shit, what do I call this thing? Um, And my whole life I'd kind of had this sort of, you know, everyone sort of made fun of my name being Paige. It was like, oh, Paige, as in like a book. Um, Then you'd be like, High quality banter there, by the way, really high quality. (laughs) So funny. And I was like, oh, my God, finally I can kind of take the piss a little bit. And, you know, I called it Supercoach Paige and, um, 
you know, and, and then the running joke off the back of that forever. A lot of, for those who, who do know me or that visited the page often and Facebook pages along with that would be, oh, you spelt page wrong. Um, and it was just, it, it was almost this, you know, the gift that kept on giving. But, um, you know, it kind of, the, the, I had a couple of the guys come on and they started writing some stuff. And, and in the very beginning, um, I probably wrote maybe three articles a week. And that was really a lot of the same stuff that is, still stands today. It was really kind of like breakout contenders, you know, who the rookies are going to be and who your captain selection should be every week. It was really basic stuff. Um, but off the back of that, I guess that's when my interest really picked in what digital meant and how it works. And um, and I started sort of, I guess, self-teaching um, with the help of YouTube and books and different bits and pieces on how to read analytics, how to build out more things on WordPress, how to get more creative with websites and really kind of sunk my teeth into creating an entire experience. And um, that sort of helped the page grow. And then also, um, you know, there was a big emphasis on um, making sure people were engaged as often as they, as they wanted to. And I was like, well, I'm going to be an asshole here and I'm going to take all of the traffic off all the forum that everyone used to go to. Um, how am I going to do that? I'm going to post everything on social media because that's where everyone is, um, including super coach scores every yep. quarter. Which and is, I'm going to. <laughs> that's, that is how I found Supercoach page. And um, I thought, right, this is my way. This is how I'm going to um, attract my target audience. And I, and so, Supercoach, you know, was big already. It was a community that was very niche and really powerfully existed, but it didn't have an online presence. And um, I quite literally, you know, this is 2011, so social media and social media marketing is in its absolute infancy. And um, websites that I did frequent, whether they were forums or the other sports-based things, everything seemed to be, here's a reason to be on our website, to stay on our website. Um, but off the back of that, um, I sort of went, well, what if we were to push things onto social media that would make people come to the website as a way of a, you know, it sounds silly now because that's what we do constantly. Yeah. Um, but back then it was just like, well, that page girl is out of her mind. What is she doing? Well, yeah, um, the, and... the early days of social media, like those who adopted it early and, and probably podcast as a medium, um, those who adopted those early seemed to really boom because prior to that, yeah. like you said, it was really siloed. It was like, this is the website you go to to talk to about, about Supercoach and you don't leave this website. Yeah, and, and for me it worked out super well. Um, and I thought, well, you know... I've spent, I'm telling you, I think, you know, at, at the time I was a, I was, I was still, I was a mechanic. So um, I was earning shit money, working my ass off. Um, and basically any spare time I had, I was reading books on social media marketing and where it was headed. I was on YouTube um, learning how to build things in WordPress and, and understand analytics and target people. And um, I thought, well, I'm just going to give this a go. I've got nothing to lose. Um, and from there, it just kind of spiraled. Um, 
by the end of the first year of SCP being um, live, we'd had over a million views. Yeah, Um, huge. It it was just ridiculous. Um, I had people contacting me for sponsorship and advertisement placements and I was like, whoa, I don't understand any of that. That's something else now I've got to read up on and understand. I didn't have any sort of people around me to lean on that knew anything about um, advertising online. So, um, you know, I was kind of flying by the seat of my pants. Um, You know, at the same time, I thought, well, I'm going to, what I'm going to use SCP for now, I'm going to use this as a platform where anybody that wants to write, I don't care how old they are, where they're from, whether they're male or female or otherwise, I don't care what their preface is, if if they want to write and they feel like they want to contribute, well, here's the platform for you to do it. And um, and that was purely off the back of, of me feeling like, shit, all I ever wanted was like some opportunity. Yeah. All I ever wanted was to be able to say something or show off that I knew something. Um, and, in you know, it's that validation that makes you feel, one, accepted into a community and, two, appreciated as well. Um, and... I think because of that, you know, we had so much success at one stage. I had about 20 writers writing for me. Um, I had this wicked 16-year-old who um, was an editor. Um, And, you know, he would be subbing things. He was a boy genius when it came to, you know, grammar, punctuation, storytelling, all of it. Um, You know, I had someone come on just to manage everything, um, which allowed me more time to put more time um and expertise into the scp show which just kind of like took off and you know there's some pretty shocking um (laughs) videos still on youtube there are some very good videos on youtube (laughs) everyone should go on youtube uh, the scp show if you haven't i feel like you know um if you're around if, if if you were really engaged in super coach in those early 2000 like you know that you know 2010 so to speak right and then you probably know the SCP show because it was the only sort of Supercoach show that was out and about. Um, it was filmed from my sister's boyfriend's bedroom. Um, it was this absolute amateur hour, amateur hour, sorry, shit show. But that's what made it so unique and so lovable. Um, I was flanked by two of my really good mates that have been there from basically day one. Um, and it was just, you know, constant fun banter um you know whatever our set was it was just like it was being lit with like half you know working lamps um you know there was like a there was a there was a whiteboard in the background where we'd scribble things on like who was who had the sheer score of the week and um you know like it was real kind of amateur stuff but we just made do with what we had and I think that's probably what indeed us collectively, not me, but collectively, every, anybody that ever um, wrote anything or, or contributed, um, you know, you had this sense of pride and validation and belonging and um, to know that we were sort of that that go-to in the super coach world for so long, um, you know, and, you know, in, in saying that too, we really pissed off the Herald Sun. Yeah. Um, Your good friends, the Herald Sun so now. <laughs> my very good friends are the Herald Sun now. So it's it's really funny to 
to think of, you know, I went in, in at, at some sort of stage I was like this rogue female, like who the fuck is, can I swear on this? Yeah, sure. Okay, well, great. Um, like who the fuck is this page chick that's just come from like obscurity to have, you know, this massive website. We had, you know, 100,000 strong on Facebook. Um, Twitter was popping off. Um, we had AFL players constantly like hitting up our email to be like, oh, can, can we go on a league with Paige? Or can, you know, um, can you get my league filled? Um, or who do you think I should have as captain this week? Um, and then off the back of that, it was really great because we had, I had sort of these AFL players that I'd gotten to know um, that would be really good with giving us sort of detail on these younger guys to help us write these articles. Um, you know, when the draft in itself and under-18s football and that sort of thing wasn't being covered or even close to being thought of being covered at all. Um, so we really had that sort of edge there as well. Um, but, you know, we, we did piss off the Herald Sun because we did... Um, you did rip. take down those quarter-time scores. <laughs> those, we, we did rip the quarter-time scores. Um, but, you know... There was nothing saying that we couldn't, and um, I probably played that line. I played that back very straight. Um, there's nothing you're saying I can't, um, and they conceded that, yeah, that's probably right. Um, but at the same time, I suppose it was like, well, I've been banging on your door to say I will write for you for free. I'll do whatever the hell because no one in that institution is covering Supercoach remotely what it deserves to be covered and you guys are the owners of it. What are you doing to keep this this community engaged in your product? And essentially back then, and I can say this now because of where I sit, essentially back then it was like, well, we've already got them there. We don't really need to do much. Yeah. Um, you know, and and that's fair. Um, when you're talking about resourcing and all that sort of stuff, that's fair. But I just thought, well, shit, I'm, I'm offering to write for free to have something out there, um, you know, and, and that probably didn't eventuate because I'd already put their noses out of place at some point of the way. And I was stealing their, I was stealing their traffic. <laughs> it is worth noting that they do a fantastic job now in covering the game of they Supercoach. They do. It's, it, <laughs> it has come such a long way. Um, it has come so far. But... Um, you know, Supercoach page, SCP, however you know it as, um, for me, it kind of, um, it opened up a number of doors. It allowed me to get opportunity um, to be on SEN, to be on Triple M. Um, I did get feature stories um, on Supercoach that I got to write in the Herald Sun. Um, I ended up on AFL 360. I, um, you know... Even when there was a, a, you know, for one season there, I think Jay Clark and Sammy Edmund did a super coach show. Um, the great super coach show. I don't know how many episodes <laughs> that one lasted, but it was. It, it didn't last. It didn't last too long. But they came and did a, um, an episode um, with us out of Andy's bedroom for one of the um, SCP shows, and it was hilarious. We had such a great time. Um, but it opened up, you know, even doors for me. Um, you know, I was really lucky that I. Um, I got to do a lot of work with um, the TAC Cup. And so I was a boundary rider um, doing radio and that allowed me to work on um, the media side of what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, on top of that, I was really fortunate that I had, um, you know, 
someone that really early kind of took me um, under his wing as a as a football person, but also as a media person, um, was Robert Shaw. Um, and he, um, I'll, I'll always, I'll forever be grateful for, for the way he, he treated me really early on. Um, and he said to me, um, he goes, you know, look, you've got all the experience, you've got all the, the connections, you've got this, that, and the other, you know, there's, there's no use going to you to study what you already know. Um, keep sticking it out and, um, you know, put me down as a reference and, and all this sort of stuff. And um, he was always very supportive of me and which is crazy to think, you know, that someone who coached an AFL team and was a good footballer on his own right and everything that he's done um, sort of found me and um, I could never really wrap my head around it. Still today, I still can't, um, but he was very, very supportive yeah, I think it goes back to what we sort of spoke about before. You put yourself out there and you work hard enough and you're going to get lucky and obviously you're a very talented media person and uh, old Robert Shaw's just said, yeah, she's all right. And, and you absolutely nailed it. It was, you know, it was it was kind of cool because um, even, even um, you know, for me, I think I've, I've tend, I tend to you know, in, in a way, probably polarise some people. Um, and, you know, I'm not one that's ever, ever, ever going to play the, the the sex card here of being male or female or, or whatnot. But um, it, it felt in a way that a lot of, you know, what I was doing was in, I guess, for some people. And, again, this is 10 years ago. You know, there's so many females in media now. It's it's not even, you know, it's not even weird to see a female doing anything to do with football anymore. Um, back in 2010, there really were no, apart from Caroline Wilson, there were no female voices remotely to do with football. No, and you, I think, well, you really use that to your benefit, as you described before. Like, no one was doing it, and you put your hand up, and you took on that role and I think you certainly helped open it up for a, a lot of a lot of media people out there and a lot of the community I know a lot of, I know a lot of uh, female journalists who have certainly watched your career and and tried to emulate it um, and you've been inspiring to those people um, but before we get all mushy and continue <laughs> loving it up <laughs> for the podcast um, I want to steer the conversation back to fantasy footy because there's a few burning questions I have and the first one is how does particularly when you were still working full-time and also doing fantasy footy content full-time um, how did that impact other areas of your life or was there no other areas of your life at that stage oh god I've got to, oh, I tell you what look um, I think there's something to be said about a person who is so driven to succeed in what they do that um, they lose balance of everything else around them. And that was very much me. I had um, I had a partner at the time when I started um, SCP and um, 
she um, she was around probably six months before I started SCP. At the start, I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. This is the direction I want to go. How do you feel about it? She's like, yep, that's cool. Go for it. Um, and I became, this was my baby. I became so um, driven to constantly be better, find improvement. Um, you know, when you get to the top of the tree, where do you go from there? You know, you, you, you it's a long fall back down. So it was this reach to get to the very top. And then when I got to the top, I was, wasn't, wasn't about to sort of let that go. Um, and so knowing that, you know, that end goal was I'm going to one day write a Fox footy with a Herald Sun full time. It's going to happen. And, you know, that was always the direction. Um, I completely, that I, I literally blew up a, a relationship just based on, I chose, what my future, what my hopefully successful dream would look like um, when the ultimatum was basically given to me about three years after that um, was that, you know, she was very much of the opinion that um, you spend so much time on this, like you, all your time is, is dedicated to this and what you're doing and, um, you know, that was really hard for her and, um you know, I respect that. There's probably other things as well, but um, <laughs> I'm not perfect. But um, if, you know, you have to be able to find balance. I was obsessive about it. Um, if you're a contributor to a website, well, then it's great because you can do your one or two pieces a week and still, you know, go about your, your normal week um, as you see fit. But for me, I was trying to be everything to everyone and that was providing feedback on every article that came through to me, subbing, editing, publishing, organising the graphics, organising um, the commercial side of it, writing the show um, and then making sure I was fronting up on a Saturday morning to my unpaid commentary role at some bumfuck tat cup ground in country Victoria that would take me two and a half hours to get to and another two and a half to get back from. Um, and then on a Sunday going into Channel 9 and being behind the scenes on Future Stars to help ghostwrite some stuff, um, you know, on young talent coming through the tap cup and all of a sudden your whole weekend's gone, your whole week's gone and, you know, at 8 a.m. I'm, I'm back on the tools and um, hating my, my miserable nine-to-five life. Um, so, yeah, I had a lot going on. I don't suspect people now would have that sort of, um you know obsession over it and if you do you have to find balance and you have to be able to delegate I wasn't a good delegator because I could only trust myself I just thought well if it doesn't get done my my way um then it could potentially be stuffed up somewhere else and I was a bit of a control freak like that I don't think I've ever related to someone so much as to what you just said about (laughs) learning to delegate oh my god that almost killed me Shout out to all the hardworking partners of fantasy footy fanatics out there because you've got a tough job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Pager, what do you love about Supercoach? I've always, always, always um, loved that Supercoach really, if you're talking about a fantasy game, 
I love that it is the closest thing to emulating a real life performance on the weekend. Um, obviously, you know, your, your, your dour fullbacks aren't ever going to score, um, but you know, you know that is in super coach, and that's probably where the game probably doesn't lean itself to is just how well you know those key defensive guys um, what they do for their teams on the weekend, rather than how that reflects in fantasy sports. But I love the efficiency side of it. I love that you pick players based on um, how efficient they are with you know with their disposal and how good they are at finding it, or if they're not you know mass accumulators how much of an impact they can have on the game. Um, Michael with, Walters, we without, say hello to you. We do. We honour you, Mickey Mickey Walters. Um, but it is very much about, you know, impact, accumulation and efficiency. And, um, you know, they're all the, they're all the things of, of football um, from a pure point of view that you just love as a fan. That's why I love it. What do you hate about Supercoach? And I can tell you what I hate. Well, one of the things I hate, and there's many things I hate, and this isn't the gate from the game itself. It's Twitter notifications. It's being it's being added in a thread of five hundred thousand tweets and getting notifications for every single one of them. That's what I hate. What do you hate, Paige? <laughs> I, I think I've spent ten years of being added on social media, and I can't always say it's for good reasons. Um, but what do I hate about it? There's, I wouldn't say there's, you know, every action has a reaction. And I think that rings pretty well true in Supercoach. And that is that, um, you know, what I hate is sometimes how invested I get in some of these players. And um, I've had I've had evenings where I've completely raged over um, a player you know, having an absolute mare of a game and costing me um, points or ranking or a league win, um, you know, like Tom Rockcliffe. I was in a grand final one weekend and Tom Rockcliffe, you know, when he used to be that absolute pig at Brisbane, just constant 120 scores every week. I was in a grand final. I had Rockcliffe to play and I think my opponent had probably someone like Gary Rowan. Yep, great. <laughs> and um, that player outscored Rocky for me to lose a, a grand final, and I was just filthy. i got to admit, I had to have a serious like rethink of my life, and I had to change my complete outlook because... And I like I still something I have to work on because I was letting Supercoach ruin my weekend, ruin my days at the football. Like (laughs) at some point, you do have to kind of, even if it's for an uh, like ninety minutes or two hours while I'm watching the Blues lose at Marvel Stadium, (laughs) um, you've got to take a step back at some point. You do. I think um, you know you get so engrossed in it, and because it becomes such a part of your weekend as much as, you know, going to the footy with your mates or your family um, in any other setting is, is that, you know, you sit there and um, particularly for me, like when I was at my absolute, like, you know, when things for SCP were really, really, really thriving in probably, I don't know, probably about 2013, 2014, things were just off, off the Richter. Um, And I was barely doing anything on the side. I was nearly like, you know, running running the show um, and the media side of it and the writing was completely looked after by other people. Um, 
I it was an era in which Hawthorne would dominate every week. And as a Collingwood supporter who never really saw Collingwood beat Hawthorne for a good solid six or seven years. I can relate. I used to hate the confliction of sitting there watching Buddy kick seven against us, but also being like, oh, go on, kick another one. Mm -hmm. Go on, just kick another one. And you'd be like, no, stop that. You'd be in this constant um, battle of, like, confliction and emotions that, you know, are... Yes. Yeah, uh, it's, 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 it's warped. <laughs> I've been at the hands of many Dane Swan destructions, but I had him as captain, so, like, it was okay. Yeah. You excuse those little things. That's how I feel about Paddy Cripps at the moment, actually. Yeah, so The great man. Um, please, please sign an extension. Uh, <laughs> so, Paige, my last one for the day, because we've been going for a little while, favourite all-time fantasy selection does someone pop out to you? I think a lot of people would would probably be saying the same thing. It's it's hard to go past Gary Ablett Jr. It's very hard to go past a man that would scare, score like 250, like often enough that I, you knew it was coming. <laughs> I I just, it, it was, I mean, I still, I still feel very, uh, we should all feel very lucky that we're in a generation of which we have seen, you know, Gary play the way he has at the rate he has for the for the period that he has. Um, but Jesus, what a selection in Supercoach! You just and even before this is and, and like you know if, if you if you've only started playing Supercoach in the last say five years, then you would have no recollection of the pricing system that used to exist before then. Um, and you know where like rookies would be like. A hun- like your, your bargain basement rookies would be like 102k. Yeah, they were and, cheap. You know, like, and then your real, real rookies on the rookie list were like $84,000 or something like that. Um, and so this is in an era where there's no such thing as a player being worth $700,000, but he was the very first player I remember being in that $600,000 figure. And everyone's going, whoa. <laughs> And Whoa. this was before, like, we had our hot takes and we're like, I'm not picking Brody Grundy this year. Gary Abbott was an automatic <laughs> inclusion. It was like, shut up, take my money. Even if you cost $600,000, that is real steep. And, um, you know, you're talking in an era as well where Joel Selwood's dominating, Corey Enright's dominating, the entirety of Hawthorne's midfield are dominating, Scott Pendlebury. Like, the selections midfield-wise are fantastic, but... I reckon if I had probably my favourite, favourite one, um, and maybe this comes in the way of a little bit of calling bias, but um, I reckon it would have been 2012 and both Dane Beams and still Sidebottom were forward mid eligible. Yeah, Dane Beams was a gun. Oh, my God. Everyone went still Sidebottom. And that was fair because as a 19-year-old, he had a, he was probably a vote or two off winning the Norm Smith in the 2010 Grand Final. So at the age of 21, you know, you think, yep, still side bottom. I remember the ownership on him was huge. And I, and I just went for Dane Beams 
just really, I think just because he had like this sleeve of tats and I was just like. A valid selection reason, by the way. <laughs> I, and I just thought, yeah, yeah, I like this guy. It's still young, still a little bit raw. And I got him for peanuts. Like, he would have been probably the equivalent of a mid-pricer now. And he just, um, he just had a, he had the, one of the biggest breakout years I've seen in Supercoach. And um, he was pumping out 110s after, you know, starting price of like 300 grand or something. And um, yeah, just phenomenal. Well, I'm going to try and do this for everyone who comes on the show, for someone related to their team of choice obviously anyone listening knows you're a massive collingwood person so my favorite <laughs> I'll that away. yeah uh you spoke <laughs> um, <laughs> you spoke <laughs> my favorite super coach selection of all time from the collingwood football club and it's probably more to do with him winning me a, a season in probably one of my best ranking seasons Neon Leon Davis in that it might have been 2011 when they moved him to like a half back role and I reckon he averaged about 98 for the year I don't have the numbers in front of me but I brought him in and people I I always tell this story people laughed at me they abused me online he went on to average 98 and I think he was a forward eligible player just gun selection fantastic and then he bloody never played again he would have been locked into my team for years to come oh how good is it getting like blast on social media <laughs> yeah well it's every day wow it's... wow i've had so much i mean do you know what like it's it's not all that bad i must say like yeah i've had some pretty shit people like just come and say some real whacked out stuff to me i'm just like okay um but yeah literally shout out to Anyone, anyone that's listening that ever visited SCP, that ever said something nice to me, I appreciate it. It hasn't been forgotten because I tell you what, I've got a long-ass memory. <laughs> and and there's been a few people that have just, since I've started working at Fox Footy, that have just sort of, you know, hit that follow button and I'm just like, oh, I remember you. Yes. I remember you. I remember you. <laughs> Look who comes crawling back. Oh, you just, you know, like bygones be bygones. I'm beyond that sort of <laughs> bullshit. But um, it's quite interesting the way in which social media works and, you know, it can be really powerful in some ways and equally detrimental in others. So um, be kind to each other. I think that's the perfect message to leave this one on. Paige Cardona, thank you very much for joining us. Do you have anything to plug? Look, I'm... Look, what I will, what I will plug, um, and one, one, I just want to actually plug the entire Supercoach community. There's been people like yourself, Lek. There's the, the Jock Reynolds team. Um, I know myself, and and even the old old Jock Reynolds uh, trio. Um, there was always a bit of friendly competition. Um, once they sort of came up and it was nice to have a bit of, you know, friendly banter. But honestly, uh, in, in terms of a shout-out, it is quite literally a shout-out to anybody ever that has contributed to Supercoach, you know, whether it is in an official role or you're just a weekend battler like you and I have been, um, just talking about the game that you love. Because without people being passionate about Supercoach, and having their say, it doesn't exist. Without people signing up, playing in the game, um, 
I don't have a job. So thank you everyone for keeping me employed. I appreciate that. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. This was awesome. Thanks, Lee.